Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Stratford here to set the scene for this episode. Mike Palmer and Melissa Griffith caught up to talk about Melissa's perspectives on the 2019 Gartner hype cycle. If you did not yet listen to our exclusive and comprehensive content around the Gartner hype cycle with guest Brandon Jones, go back and listen to that one to set up this one to hear Melissa's takes and see how she took in the five different sectors that Gartner talks about in their emerging technologies. We joined the conversation in progress. Apologies for any audio deficiencies in this episode. Everything has been fixed moving forward. Now on to Mike and Melissa. Tying back to maybe, you know, we've talked to you, we've had uh, conversations with you about the Meeker report, about what Starbucks is doing, about uh, what Amazon has been doing around skill development. Um, Anything jumping out at you as it relates? I mean, you mentioned your interest in data. Uh, what, yeah. I'm gonna take augmented humans for 500. Nice. Right? So I, I, I think that's augmented human in education. Um, it's a place we don't actually think about a lot, but it is, or we, we're, the people are starting to think about, but you wanna like go to that level a little bit more. Right, like right now, like if you think about, at least I'll, I'll speak very personally here. If you think about how I learn right now, it's like I, I want to learn almost like when I need it. Mm -hmm. right? Like, so I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to spend years in, in school or years learning a subject. Yep. But if I want to know how to do this latest coding thing or like how would I handle this uh, financial term or whatever it is I'm doing, I go to the internet. Mm -hmm. And I and I I search for it and I, I spend some time reading up on it and figuring out how to do stuff. Yep. I, that's where not even the augmented like not even the augmented human with the biochip in my head. Yep. Actually having like a place where like like artificial intelligence knows like what you're doing. Yeah. Like, knows knows what you're learning and can suggest things to you yep. that will be like you will. In about five months, Melissa, you're going to really want to know the answer to this question right? and start suggesting your learning pattern. I think that is, is going to have tremendous value in, in, in education. I don't know. You, you may agree to, to disagree on that one, but like. No, I, I, can I agree to agree on that yeah, one? Okay. Fun. It's, it's less, less fun. fun. I apologize. Well, maybe if you pick something less relevant, I'll disagree with you. But, uh, but what I think was interesting about, uh, this one is that uh, interestingly on previous hype cycles, they've had more wearables yep. and more, um, we did a show a while back on hearables as well. So like how much learning can happen through your ears, also known as your learn holes. Uh, so uh, if you're getting a lot of your information through your ears, which I am now um, and our listeners are now as well, um, there's a lot of, uh, research emerging into the connection between how you generate speech and how like an, uh, an AirPod or something you put in your ear could be triggered by uh, some of those thoughts. So like, you know, the human augmentation may come in through the ear and maybe an extension of the, the sort of wireless, uh, you know, uh, Earpods, AirPods from Apple, as an example, I was surprised that it, they didn't go into more depth around the wearables. Because the other thing that you were talking about, uh, while, while you were talking, that I started thinking about, is uh, also the idea of like a heads-up display. So like the idea that I could have like a layer of 
uh, support information that could make me enhanced. So like, I, I, I too was fascinated by the augmented human aspect of the hype cycle this go around. Um, I just would have liked to have seen a little more connection to um, the human side, like, you know, which I guess maybe they're touching on it a little bit around the, um, the sensors. Um, Cause like, I do think the like, it's almost like the intersection between augmented humans and sensing and mobility. Like that's maybe where the wearables land, but I still think we're way behind the curve uh, collectively in really designing technologies that enhance humanity in a way that is like relevant within that context. Like I think frequently it's, it's either managed through a screen um, or it's independent of humans. And it's so, sort of like the internet of things, but that hasn't really translated into something that makes note taking better or makes, um, you know, uh, heads up displays of AR layers for captioning or uh, the ability to sort of uh, trigger a, a Siri or an Alexa to provide you just you with some additional data based on what you're thinking. I was, that's the stuff that really excites my imagination around where the future of learning may head. And I really didn't see that in here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's great. I'm, I may be a certain more onto augmented human than they are, are trying to prescribe here. Mm -hmm. But for, for me, augmented human, you, you could have almost said it the flip way too. Like they, in education in particular, there's been a lot about, a lot of talk about personalization and about like having, the, having a computer just feed up yep. what a student should do and, and so forth. That, that technology, it, it works and it'll get better over time. And that's the AI portion of this. Uh -huh. But like, I almost, you can almost think about it as what you want to do is augment that technology with, with human common sense or, uh -huh. or cognitive ability. Because I think that's where this plays a better way. You can make your teachers smarter right. uh, in the classrooms by being able to feed all this information to them, including like, let's tie back to the wearables, including the wearables. Like your student's heart rate is racing right now. Right. So they're sitting silently in a class. Right. Uh, something's going on, uh, they're not getting something or, or so forth. You can make them smarter. Mm -hmm. uh, like you can either have a computer then try and as assess that and and say, okay, like this uh, Tyler, Tyler is nervous. He must not be understanding something. Or you can have a human intervene at that point with that right. information that you right. can like and do so. And so I think it's, for, for people who are on the tech side of it, I think this is actually augmented technology with human intervention. And for yes. people who are on the teaching side of it and the tech, um, the, like humans are the win, this yeah. is augmented human. You can make a human smarter. But mm -hmm. I think, uh, and you see that putting these two things together is actually where the where you're gonna get the most benefit, right? I think it was there was that chess game yep. that played that you can find that when you put the computer with the chess genius, yep. the computer now. Right. So and I, I so I, I I think that's where it should go. So chips in in my head, sure, but like I'm, right. I'm waiting for my chip, by the way, in case you have not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're picking up for Brandon. Brandon's Brandon had been talking about uh, you know signing up. I think Neuralink was uh, you know Elon Musk's uh, venture that it's still out there, uh, and a lot of folks are investing in this technology, uh, and it's interesting. Yeah. I like your thinking too, because like there's both the 
ability to augment the human as a learner who may be on her own, but there's also uh, the idea of augmenting the, the teacher who is then delivering more personalized care and direction and instruction that is powered by next-gen sensing, next-gen data. Um, where do you think that'll emerge though too? Because I, you know, I keep coming back to the William Gibson quote, the future is here now, it's just not evenly distributed. You know, it does feel like we could enter a world where you know, the, the money to lead have access to these like, you know, augmented capabilities and then the rest of the, the world doesn't really have access there. Um, that is always something that, you know, while I get excited by the futuristic aspect of all this, it does, you could envision a lot of this lead, in, lead to a widening gap where at the forefront of this, where you have the access, you're getting transformative interventions, which of those can scale and which of those can scale when powered by humans um, is an interesting lens. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. So, I, so uh, on your on your side of what where I think this will happen quickest, I, yep. I think I think healthcare and this it maybe mm. because I've been spending a ton of time uh, looking into that space, but healthcare and healthcare education, mm -hmm. the, the the fact that you, in 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 the healthcare industry, you you're always having to learn, you're always having to like learn the latest technologies, the yep. latest uh, treatments, and coupled with the fact that like the more information with the wearables that you could process around you, the human, mm -hmm. right? This is where like computer computer help or AI help is ripe for, for, for disruption based to make the doctor smarter quicker. Yep. And well, just now for more real-time diagnostics, you can see this displayed uh, interesting places. Yep. It's enrolled in that place. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think that makes sense. A medical education, like, uh, like robo-surgery is a yeah. big... Yeah. Uh, space, uh, smart homes for the, the elderly uh, is another thing, yeah. you know, just so that based on sensors, again, getting back to sensing and mobility, based on sensors in, in uh, the home, you can identify, uh, you know, behavioral patterns. When does someone get up? How are they walking? Yeah. You know, like uh, if there are biosensors on them, uh, you know, like what, how does that impact their heart rate and other, um, you know, their blood pressure? Um, are you, you mentioned the regulatory side, like, uh, just in general, um, you know, we've talked and I think we do want to try to dive in a little more on some of the complexities around data privacy. Um, how do you, how do you think it, that's ultimately where I would imagine a lot of the, uh, regulatory energy is going to pick up is like, you know, is there informed consent around all this? Where does that data go? What is the risk of that data being breached? Uh, and then uh, particularly around people's health data, um, you know, their, their genetic data, you know, like the, the level to which you can benefit from this AI is almost introducing an equal amount of risk around that data being used uh, inappropriately or in biased ways. Any thoughts on, on that? Because I think that's something separate from the hype cycle. I think we wanted to come back to that down the road, but I think it's relevant as it relates to this. Yeah. So I mean, I have so many thoughts on um, 
on data. I think every time we talk about the Mika report, we talk about data and we talk about data privacy. So like even the fact that uh, cybersecurity or, or security of your data has mm -hmm. fallen off of their list yep. of trends today, I, I think that's a, a big miss on, on their part. Mm -hmm. My my opinion, Gardner, feel free to call me. I'll, I'll be in a little We're going to have so many calls from Gardner after the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but the, the reality of it is like, so, and again, this is my opinion. I, I used to, I had all my social media feeds, everything I had locked up and, and I, I never, I never shared it. I never wanted to share it. And I, I, I eventually I taught myself, this is a pointless exercise and I just opened it up. I just let everything be completely open. Like I will live my best life mm -hmm. um, and hopefully it will be an honest life and I will not get in trouble with it. The reason I'm saying that is because what I've found when I've done that I, I share uh, I share a lot of my like I wear a wearable watch I check my heart rate regularly I put all that information up onto the internet where mm -hmm. it will be completely hackable yeah the benefit I get from that is I do get to explore like what technologies can do and inform in my life and it, thus far it's been beneficial mm -hmm. I, I, I'll talk about like even in the, the medical practice um, I now do not want to go to a doctor that's outside of my network because I've given them all this information that I can see all the information in one place and I can share it in one place. And yep. it's very convenient to me. So I don't want to have to go to, uh, to Dr. X who's in a different healthcare system now mm -hmm. and, and go, uh, yeah, sure. Let's take the same test that I've taken 600 times for you to tell me the exact same thing. Right. I want it all available. So like, because I think given the full picture of data, right. when data is used correctly, Mm -hmm. it is going to it's going to benefit um society more positively than negatively yeah yeah it says with everything there are there are the people that will they will hack it they will use it for wrong they will they'll probably genetic test me out of the wazoo and figure out right. that i i came from from kings and queens uh, i did i, came I mean obviously i mean obviously, like they, they can obviously. go through the formality of it but i mean yeah. anyone who knows you yeah yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll know it so but like and, and people will use that but i uh for me for me and i think it's a choice that everyone has to make themselves i think the the good outweighs the bad and so i am for data using data to make better decisions using data to make uh, to make diagnostic quicker in healthcare to learn faster right and so forth and i at the same time i think the way you protect that is you secure it right right and you you spend a lot of time figuring out how to secure it not to stifle the collection of it right i think a lot of the laws are, are trying to do right that's interesting so it, in some sense i guess you're able to make an informed decision about sharing your data and you're assuming there's like a default that allows you to opt in. Yeah. Um, and that's where I, we'll talk more about this when we get into data privacy, which I think is hugely relevant to learning and just the world and trends emerging today. But, uh, but there's the idea of a, that, that the organizations that are managing that data have the equivalent of a fiduciary responsibility to their customers to be uh, good stewards of that data, just like a bank is a good steward of your, uh, you know, a successful bank is, is basically guaranteeing that they will be a good steward of your, yes. your, your money. Um, the, the hope would be that we have enough of a regulatory environment to ensure that these emerging platforms allow the user to make an informed decision about sharing their data and then in addition to that, like 
ability to opt in, opt out, there's also the idea that once you opt in, the data is protected and is secure. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, challenge, the challenge I find, and we should absolutely have a, a broader conversation on data, the challenge I find with regulation right now is the lawmakers are, are not informed informed on the on the information right yep. so i don't i don't trust let's be clear i don't trust the googles the apples the amazons of the world uh to be doing the facebooks to be doing yeah. with my data yep um, i i choose to give it to them because the risk for me i think is minimal right um so, but i don't trust the lawmakers to make an informed decision i think they will stifle inf innovation around this area mm -hmm. for, for too long and i i think that will be sad especially in the education space where you're, you're dealing with kids and you're dealing with even more privacy laws, which I, I think are right to have privacy laws around this. Yep. Like collecting information on how a student learns, how they, where they learn, what they're learning is going to be beneficial to aid in their learning. And mm -hmm. so to just like have blanket laws with no understanding of it, mm -hmm. it it's, it's dangerous in my mind. Yeah. Well, and not to mention, you know, this stuff uh, is, so cutting edge, it's going to be online and say the next like three to 10 years. Uh, many of our schools, a lot of the developing world is probably 20, 30, 50 years away from some of the, the more cutting edge capabilities. I think that's another aspect of this conversation that uh, I also think is fascinating. Like which of these uh, emerging capabilities could make the most broad impact to everyone uh, and uh, particularly around education, I think it's, uh, it is interesting, like how much couldn't, can we assume that everyone will have a, a smartphone with access to reliable data and some sort of basic technology infrastructure to begin to uh, start capturing this because then otherwise the related challenge around the data is if these emerging technologies are only available to uh, you know, folks who are in the developed world or in the, 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 the cutting edge, high socioeconomic status space, there's, there's gonna be bias built into that data set because you're not gonna be expansive enough because it's too hard to open up access and capture the data from uh, folks who, who may be in uh, less well-served environments. Yeah. So like, um, any thoughts on, on that area? Yeah, so I'll go back to my, my favorite category that I can't pronounce, so I always have to read it, the post-classical compute and comps. Yes, area. yes. That's, that's the, in terms of accessibility to information, accessibility to data, the, mm -hmm. putting the 5G networks in place, putting the low orbit, the low earth orbit systems in place. Like the, when you get, uh, when you are able to put like the internet over areas of, of, of Africa and, yep. and the rural areas that it has not been able to reach, like the information will start to flow. And when the information starts to flow, that's how, that's how we learn and that's how you can reach more areas. So I think that is gonna have to, outside of everything else, just access to information, mm -hmm. which is access to the internet, which is, uh, I, I guess we're at 50% of the world's population. Was that what the Mika report? Yep, yep. Like, Get into that other fifty percent requires us to have this uh, these technologies in place, and so I am most excited about that in terms of accessibility. Yeah, lots more to cover. Uh, one thing I just wanted to put out there uh, as we're getting close to time, at least right now, though we may dig back in on more of this, 
uh, one thing, one word, phrase I didn't see anywhere in here was the blockchain. Where is the blockchain, Melissa? And it was in last year's because yeah, it's been all over. Yeah, I, I think blockchain might. And again, as I said, I don't think they're covering it. I think blockchain is reaching um, its region, its uh, enlightenment stage, right? Like it's so it's so used by so many people at this point. And Already? I, I think it's I think it's being it's the bank. Well, so. Sorry, let's go back to my little narrative. In, in my world, I feel blockchain is being used by so many people because it's being used in technology a lot. Yep. In how you build platforms and, and and how you share information. It's been the financial service industries have grabbed onto it as a yep. better way to secure their industry. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be there. Like I think blockchain is almost on its way out. So you think it already went? It peaked, troughed, and is now on the way to productivity. I, I mean. I, without knowing um, um, Gardner's algorithm, it's I can. The first time, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, even just knowing their algorithm, yeah. how they decide where things are. I don't like. This is this is my challenge that I'm having with their hype cycle, and I will dig into it more. Like when you hit enlightenment, I think you can stay there for 20, 30, 40 years in in the enlightenment stage. If if I'm understanding the enlightenment stage, which is where I think that's where the technology becomes mainstream. Yep. Right. And when that technology becomes mainstream, it should sit there. It's only when the technology is superseded by something else. Right. That, that it goes into its, its final resting place. Right. Right. So I think blockchain can be there and it can be there for a long time. Right. But, but again, I, I just think the AI lobby got the blockchain out of this because like the, the, the emerging technologies like and it's like you put AI in front of everything, you put blockchain in front of anything it's going to be hypable. And I just think, uh, uh, I'm curious why there was no mention of blockchain in the, the hype cycle at all. Like there's not like, you know, blockchain for, uh, mobility, like why, you know, like whatever you just, it's like Mad Libs. You take, take any of these things that has AI after like emotion, AI, emotion, blockchain. Like I where, Mike has a question for you that we need to answer. <laughs> I, I I'll do I'll do my research. I will. Yeah. Do, I am actually yeah. fascinated what what is not on the list as much as what is. Well, because also I do think the other aspect of it, for, as a learner and someone who's you know hopefully a lifelong learner looking to upskill, looking to stay relevant, like in a lot of ways, like understanding those things that are starting to hype, yeah. give you like to be in on that early, gives you an edge, and that's sort of that whole idea of getting in on the hype cycle, listening to shows like this, trying to understand what's happening. And like, I just still think the adoption of blockchain is in its early stages and it's still a really great time to learn it and be more creative about the applications of that uh, technology. So I do think there's another like, it's almost like a hype cycle for emerging skills would be a really interesting uh, idea. Cause like, I think a lot of these, uh, maybe the skill development, the workshops, like how do you train and develop people on the blockchain right now, as an example? Like there's a lot of investment in doing it around artificial intelligence and data. I think there's similar investment on the blockchain side, but maybe it is that it's gone into the trough and it isn't yeah. really coming out just I, yet. I, I, was, I was looking at it. It was, it was on already on the down cycle in 2018. So when it was there, so it's probably, it's in the trough if it's where, it's, where it is there. It's, but I'm still a fan blockchain. Uh, I'm, I'm holding out. I, th I think you're going to come back and I think we're going to see more of it next year uh, on the, 
the 2020 hype cycle, which is going to be, uh, that'll be a page turner. Yeah. Uh, any, uh, any final, uh, final perspective on this? How did it feel uh, talking about the, the Gardner hype cycle for the first time? I, I mean, I, I like it. It's fascinating. Uh, it has piqued my interest enough to know that I'll, I'll continue to do more research on this. Yeah. And, and see if I can get some, some folks at Gardner to explain more of the detail behind it. Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting resource. It's a, every August it comes out there, just like we try to cover the Meeker Report. We cover this uh, Rohit Bargava does a non-obvious uh, book every year. If you have ideas on topics like this or reports or analysis that is emerging that you think it'd be useful for us to talk about on the show, we'd love to hear them. Uh, we'd definitely appreciate uh, Melissa's contributions and everyone's contributions to the show. Just as we continue to explore what's emerging, what's on the horizon. Uh, what's just hitting the peak of inflated expectations. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, this is Trending in Education. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Trending in Ed. Uh, check us out on LinkedIn, uh, on uh, Facebook, and uh, listen to us in your podcast feed. Thanks again for listening.